This is episode 18. She's a singer, songwriter, Sirius XM radio host, TV host, voice talent on the popular TV show, Squidbillies, and she's played the Grand Ole Opry over 400 times since March of 2000. Her latest album, Aftermath, was released in 2020, and in my humble opinion, her best work to date. She'll be making a stop in Charleston on Saturday, November 13th at the Holy Smokes Barbecue Festival. So get your tickets, people. This is Elizabeth Cook. Hi. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing? How's your day going? It's been a little a little frantic, but it's good. I'm home from tour. I'm just sort of in between legs of tour. And so there's lots of like errand. Once you get like the food in the house and like basic mm-hmm. things, I don't want to eat in a restaurant right now. Yeah. But I do want to come eat barbecue in Charleston. Yeah. <laughs> so have you been to Charleston before? Yeah. I actually just shot an episode of my fishing show in Charleston with Sturgill Simpson. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just there, and we had such a lovely time. We stayed downtown, um, and I had some amazing food. I had some uh, Hannibal's mm. uh, crab fried rice, mm-hmm. cra- you know, like, oh, my goodness. That's like meat and three soul food, but more like gola, and yeah. I was way into it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you know when, that sh- when that's going to come out? Um, no, it, it's season two will start airing next in the winter of 2022 20, or yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All, the, all yeah. the timing starts to kind of like roll together and, you know, I completely understand just this it's, alone. Yeah. It's harder to reference more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of Charleston, let's talk about the Holy Smokes Barbecue Festival since you're going to be here in, oh my gosh, today is the 22nd. So like, you know, in two, three weeks ish. Yeah. Um, so it is for, it's going to be at North Charleston, the bend November 13th, and you're going to be playing actually you're headlining and you'll be playing alongside Cordova's and Mac Leapheart. So I mean, I'm super excited. I am more of a hash girl. So um, I'm definitely excited to get some rice and hash and just drink some beer and listen to some damn good music, you know? It's going to be a great day of music in Charleston, as well as food and barbecue. It'll be a good music day, too. We, we look forward we look forward to it a lot. Will you get some time Um are you just coming in on Saturday? Or will you get some time maybe Friday and Sunday to kind of hang out around town? I think we're going to come in Friday because I've got some family from Savannah that's going to come up and I'm going to try and see them uh, in Charleston Friday. Um, and then Saturday afternoon we'll play. And then we actually have to leave after our set and head towards another festival in Florida the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't get to stay too long after the uh, the set that we're going to play, but I'm not leaving without some barbecue and some beer. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually just in Florida. I flew in last night because I was. I know we've been talking about. I know our weeks are a little crazy, and I know um, you had an interesting run in with an Amazon driver. Oh, Lord, it's, I mean, I'm I'm glad that everyone's okay. But so an Amazon driver did they hit your car or just an adjacent car to your house 
They hit my boyfriend's car that's been parked there forever because he was on tour with me. So they, they just hit. It's this sweet kid. I felt so bad for him. And he's driving this giant truck. And, I mean, God, I could never. So, anyway, he, he just backed into it trying to turn around in our driveway, which is kind of difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. So, all, all of those things. Um, and he couldn't have been, like, more professional about it. But my boyfriend just went to get in his car to drive it. And it was all dry. It looks like just a dent in the front fender. <laughs> But it will not go. Like, the wheel won't turn right. So he came back in. He was like, uh, I need the keys to your car. I was like, man. And my car's got, like, a bad tire, and I need to take it to the tire place. But they want to keep it all day, and I haven't been where I was able to do that yet. So we're, like, limping around town. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, you know, like you were saying, you were just coming, you're kind of getting towards the end of your tour. And so it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, you've got to restock your house. You've got to like life maintenance things that Mm -hmm. kind of have to be put on pause when you're out on tour. Yeah, yeah. And so I do want to kind of take a little step back because I mentioned um, I was actually in Florida this past week and you are a Florida girl from Wildwood, Florida, and you're going to be making a stop in Florida here um, mid-November and, you know, doing all of my deep dive on you, learning about your mom and your dad being musically inclined, you growing up in the church, um, just kind of being surrounded about around music in your formative mm-hmm. years. Is there one particular memory that sticks out to you, just your earliest memory of music that you can just remember that has always stuck with you from an early age? Yeah, for sure. Um, It's hard to remember having the audio. I have the visual first, I think, and I probably was three or four. And we had gone to Lakeland, and it was the Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn concert. And I remember sitting on my dad's knee, and I remember I just have a snapshot in my mind of, like, what she was wearing, and her hair was up to here. And um, so I remember that visual. I mean, gosh, sound-wise, I mean, my mother was playing acoustic in the bars when she was pregnant with me. So I had her acoustic guitar strumming against my head from fetal (laughs) state on. Um, Yeah, it was always just coming at me from all directions, all directions. But the Pentecostal church that I went to was very fiery Mm -hmm. um, in their music department. And um, that was a special, exciting, I just remember it sounded really exciting because they had like horns and piano and organs and stuff that my parents country band didn't have so I liked all those instruments yeah and it's kind of it almost feels a little bit full circle when you're talking about Loretta Lynn Um, I was listening to the Maggie Rose salute the songbird podcast when she interviewed you and you mentioned that you while one time while you're at the Opry you were having this one-on-one conversation with Loretta Lynn Um, and so what it what a great full circle to have seen her growing up and then being able to have a conversation with her at the Opry. Like that's mm-hmm. such a special moment. And I, I, I mean, I have to ask, I know everyone always brings up about the Opry. You have played over 400 times at this point. Um, are you tired of people mentioning that about you or associating <laughs> that with 
<laughs> no, no, not at all. It's it's such an important part of my story, and for all the like whatever career career stats or whatever that are attached to it, it's a part of my personal story. It's a lot of time spent there with my with my family and other uh, family members of the Opry, and it was very uh, communal. And um, it was yeah, it was, no, it was a very sweet era, and. You know, I was super young and and frustrated with the music business a lot. But um, sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how to turn that off. That's okay. Oh, I'm looking at eight. I have eight computers. Okay, Mary, I want to tell her to please stop testing. Um, <laughs> I should call her too and be like, "Hey, I'm trying to do a podcast over here." Oh my here. gosh! And it's on podcast, the best. She is stop dang it. Stop dang it. <laughs> <laughs> okay so yes but yeah um no i don't get tired of people bringing it up and i adore uh loretta lynn mm-hmm. uh, and yeah getting to sit with her and it, that instance there at the opry but also just like man all the time time with um time with david letterman time mm-hmm. with um you know, Charlie Leuven, um, it's been bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's kind of unsettling, really, in a lot of ways. We have this ongoing joke about who needs acid, um, yeah. <laughs> my crew and stuff, you know, because something like, well, totally wild and random will happen that's like kind of just jaw dropping. And I'll, we all say, who needs acid? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's terrific. Would you ever think about writing a book about? the people you've met, the conversations, even that, you know, the, the weird encounters or the weird acid moments, like, have you ever thought about writing a book about that? Yeah, it's come up a lot um, for a long time. And I do think it will happen. I just think that when I go to do that, I will be in a certain chapter of my life that I'm not in yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so the thing, the closest thing to a book I have right now is my Women for Sheriff uh, clothing line, because with that clothing line, um, we're going to, uh, an apron and a tea towel come with the very first official thing and a buildable binder cookbook. So each drop that we do will have a card with a story and a recipe on it. So mm-hmm. that will eventually accumulate to be a cookbook. It's cool. Oh my gosh. I'm, will you tell me the name one more time? Well, it's called Women for Sheriff. And so my costume designer that makes all the costumes that I wear, my stage pajamas, mm-hmm. um, she's incredible. Um, she makes me feel like Cher, you know, she, it's, it's really a lot of, a lot of fun. And, um, so we, we did a line of overalls together called mm-hmm. Women for Sheriff, like a collaboration and they just sold out. And so we did it and again, and they sold out again. And so now we are in the process of trying to source fabric to do bigger more things so that's really been fun and unforeseen uh, but I'm way into it well and I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask about your I mean your stage outfits are gorgeous I mean I'm hoping that the things that are coming out for the future I'm hoping some fringes involved <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean they're just gorgeous peach pieces and so are you collaborating with your costume designer on these things or is she just kind of assessing 
your energy, your essence, and kind of can just create something for you for tours or music videos. Yeah, it's both those things, because if I see some fabric I really like or a certain color that I want or a certain vibe that I want for a certain show, um, I just kind of give her direction and I toss her fabric along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she just, before a tour, she comes over and she's like, all right, this is for Phoenix. This is for Salt Lake City. This is for Joshua Tree. She did a Graham Parsons tribute white catsuit. It was incredible. It's an incredible, beautiful piece of work uh, that she did. And so, yeah, it is so fun. And it just took all the thinking for me out of like every night, get on stage, put together an outfit. You know, I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to do that. (laughs) This is easy. Wear the sparkly thing that's basically glorified leggings with um, feathers on it or like sacred geometry on. She puts sacred geometry on stuff. Like it's like really, it's fun. I like art to be part of everything that I present, you know? Um, So why not? Yeah, exactly. Well, And I think that really with the aftermath, just alone, you know, all of the music videos, the imagery, the album cover, um, you know, it it came out in 2020. And, you know, personally, that was just an album for me. It was just kind of a lifeline for me, you know, like many of us during 2020, a lot of us are going through things. um, And it just was such a cathartic, open album for me personally and it that's just how it came across to me um and so as you were creating this piece of work um I found a quote that you had given national.com back in August of 2020 um saying I wasn't trying to meet some sort of market expectations and that's the way I wanted to do it or not at all and so I would love to hear your point of view on what was what was the creative driving force for this piece of this creative piece of art, this piece of work. Yeah, well, it, it is like the the I guess the card and the horse or whatever. And I just don't believe in letting the market indicate. I believe in driving the market when you're on the front end of that or um, uh, trying to maintain a place of integrity and honesty in your music, um, you know, you can get, um, it's, it's a battle. It's a real, uh, aren't like arm wrestling. I think about like, like this, you know, um, to know how to, how to, uh, mitigate that. But I like songs and writing songs is my religion Mm -hmm. and I serve it. Mm-hmm. And I serve it at all costs. And that's how I'm, that's how I have to do it. I don't want to, I don't, I'm not a natural entertainer. I don't like to, a lot of attention. I don't like to get up and do, you know, I've never been the jazz hands kid or whatever. Yeah. Um, I do like wild clothes. That don't mean I need everybody to look at, at me and I'm a <laughs> um, uh, occupational hazard. But, you know, I just... I just believe in serving the the song and and I want that to drop everything. And if I really work hard and try to be as good as I can be at that part, I've got a better shot at the other part coming through for me. And I'm just going to have to have faith in that. Mm-hmm. And are you one of those 
individuals that maybe carries around like a notepad or like notes on your iPhone? Like, are you always writing things down or words, statements, or even conversations? Like, it's just like, oh crap, I got to write that down. That's perfect. Constantly, constantly, constantly. Yeah. Never stops, never stops and gets in manic phases and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all, all, and then gets, and then dries up. But, um, yeah, yeah. I'm always writing, you know, even if I, even if my hand isn't on a keyboard or got a pen in it, I'm always writing. And you, and I love that you touched on almost like a manic, like when you have a concept or an idea and you just really want to get it out, get it down. Do you have a process when you said I've touched this enough and it's enough is enough and like is it setting a deadline or are you someone that constantly is coming back to a song or a piece that you've written trying to tweak it yeah um Rodney Crowell I'll get this away Rodney Crowell talked to me uh, he's on one of the uh, upstream fishing show episodes for season two so um he told me about the Guy Clark test um which was basically if you wrote a song, they were a pretty tough peer group, but together they really elevated each other. So if you wrote a song, God always said, you have to look me in the eye and read it. Don't sing it and never look away and feel good about everything. Mm-hmm. So for me, the song's not done until there's a line that I'm not, uh, that, that gives me displeasure when I sing it because I just feel like it's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are two spots of that on Aftermath that I just ran out of time, but I had to include the songs. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, they're there and they're, they're my little secrets, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's my process. I mean, it's done when every line is right and it's not done in, until then. Until it's not. I'll still change those songs that I've recorded, those little lines live. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm hope, you know, I want to make them better still. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm glad that, well, with the aftermath, one of the songs, Thick Georgia Woman, is, I mean, it's just <laughs> such a great song. And, Thank you. Uh, it's, um, and I lived in Atlanta for a couple of years. And so I am very familiar with Blondie and um, and her work. <laughs> um, and so she's in the music video and I'll make sure to link the music video in the blog post. And then also Kevin Kinney from driving and crying, which is a friend also of the podcast. I spoke to him last year, actually. So um, what was it like, like just behind the scenes, like you guys just like hanging out. And I mean, the three of you guys together is such a mix of people but everyone is bringing something so creative. Yeah. Yeah. It was a scene for sure. It was, <laughs> it was raining. So we were fighting that mm-hmm. and we were actually at one of the creators of Squidbillies at his parents' farm in Canton, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So we were out on this big, beautiful, gorgeous farm piece of property with the barn and the horses and the, all the, all the things. And um, so, yeah, we had an audience yeah. Um, yeah. People pulled up at camper, you know, just inner circle friends of the friends of Squidbillies or fellow actors in Squidbillies and and the crew. And then between yeah, Blondie and me and people that I worked with on Squids and and my boyfriend there. And then 
um, Kevin, Kenny, it was just, it was just the greatest hang. And David Barbie came. Oh, wow. With Kevin, just because he wanted to meet me. And, and, and I was like, what a hell of a way I'm over here, like in a pink fringe with a, with a 63 year old stripper, like throwing <laughs> down. But that's as good as an introduction as any, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I loved making that video. It was a great day. Have you been to the Claremont Lounge? No, okay. I've never been to it. It's um, for individuals that are listening. Claremont Lounge is a um, entertainment venue in Atlanta. Um, I'm trying to choose my words wisely, but it is definitely um, a amazing place to go to celebrate women of all different shapes and sizes and ages. Mm -hmm. um, clothing is optional for some of those individuals, but it is it is such a it's a great time. It's a fun It time. is a great time. It's one of the, it sounds to me, or my, my expectation is it was like some place that doesn't have the dark vibes of maybe some of the counterparts. And didn't they like renovate the top of it into a boutique hotel? So it's like this kind of groovy hotel thing now. Oh yeah. It's definitely this yin and yang where um, if you're on the street looking, you know, the top portion is very much so, um, very boutique style and then you to go into the Claremont Lounge you actually have to go around back and down the staircase and it's in the bottom portion of the building so um yeah so next time you're Atlanta highly recommend it it's it's always a good time I definitely have got to go everybody I know has been a million times yeah I've played Japan and I've never been to the Claremont Lounge it's ridiculous <laughs> so what I think needs to happen is that you should be playing a show at the Claremont Lounge is what we should be doing because that would be bad. that's a great idea yeah just super right. chill you know I think that could be a really fun venue and event yeah and I would have dancers yeah <laughs> I love having dancers <laughs> Um, so uh, I know we were talking on Aftermath. That was um, your seventh album that came out in 2020. Are we, or have we, um, while we've been out on tour, have we been working on an eighth album? We've been writing. Um, how has all of that been going for a new album? Good. Really well. Um, not as fast as I would like, but in motion. So there's three new songs in the set as of the leg we just, of tour we just came off of. So brand new uh, songs that I foresee being on the next record. Um, and then just a million seeds. It's just a matter of sitting down and giving time for those seeds to, to get, to get legs or, or sprouted or whatever the right analogy is, but, um, the space and time to, to do it, we just stay so, so busy, but I find it, I'm patient, mm -hmm. uh, for it. And, and you gotta be, so I'm just trying to hold out. Just need 10, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and you'll get there. I mean, three is, you know, that's quite a chunk already. And are those three songs, is that going to be hopefully a part of your set list for the Charleston show? Yes, I think so. Because I like to, do, once I have a new song that I know is pretty fully formed, I, I want to do it as much as possible before we record it. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Um, oh my gosh. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Yeah, it's fun. I'm, I'm stoked about the, the new stuff. Um, so uh, I always ask this question to all of my um, lovely humans that will sit down and talk to me. Um, I always like to gauge them on um, what song are you listening to at the moment? That is, I call it the, um, it's like your hype song 
um, your entrance song. Is there one particular tune that you've been listening to, jamming to lately um, while you're on the road? Is Has it something that's just been really getting you amped and giving you energy in life right now? Yeah, well, um, I have some go-tos for like pre-show, what I can call like the pre-show blues. Like I'm just shot out, I'm flat, um, you know, I'm just trying to like get my game on so I can like lead a party, you know? Yeah. Um, so I love, uh, I will listen to the Rolling Stones live, mm. um, any live album, Willie Nelson live, Waylon Jennings live. I love the I am Shelby Lynn record. Um, sometimes I'll listen to Mary J Blige Ooh. or Beyonce, mm-hmm. um, just because if I can get in that place in my chest with music, I can carry that over. Um, mm-hmm. It takes a lot of letting go. Um, and that's why substances are are so handy and dangerous because for me, because that's like, you know, I'm trying to reach this thing for a, for a cause, mm-hmm. not just for fun. But um, anyway, um, what were we talking? Oh, entrance okay. music. So that's like go to pre, but in terms of two, there are two new albums out that I'm listening to on repeat right now, and that's Casey Musgraves' new record, Starcrossed. I'm a huge Casey Musgraves fan. Um, I think she is flawless um, in everything she uh, does in her musical talent. I have a ton of respect for um, how she handles all of it, especially in the country music arena as a woman. Um, the second record I'm listening to on repeat is James McMurtry's um the horses and the hounds. Uh, it's an awesome record. It's it's all just about somebody having an honest perspective. Even if you don't share that exact perspective, it's still interesting. And he's he's speaking from an older man, touring singer songwriter, mm-hmm. and uh, really cool, really cool uh, record. Uh, new James McMurtry and New Casey Musgraves. Awesome. Well, and I've, I've listened to the, to the first one, the second one I have not heard. So that's great. That's now some education for me. And I'm also going to make sure to link those in the bio so that people can also. Yeah. It's our divorce record. Divorce records are always good. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom Petty's divorce record, the Ooh. chick's divorce record, those divorce records uh, tend to be uh, good ones. Doozy. Yeah. Like everyone's talking about Adele's divorce record. That's about to come out. I mean, I can't even fathom what that's going to sound like. Yeah, I know it. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, the, the medium that music provides for us to relate and, um, create. It's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned about, um, I guess more so like this pre-ritual to kind of get into that headspace, like almost it's like a emotionally, mentally getting into a place as you're about to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so glad that you touched on substances is, you know, sometimes those are used as a tool to get to that specific mind, that headspace. Uh-huh. Um, is there any sort of like, I don't know, is it meditation or anything that you've now adopted into your um, pre, pre-show ritual, um, that's kind of helped you get into a place of performing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because I'm like bipolar too, it's very difficult for me to meditate. I still try and I still think that I will be able to learn to do it. Um, but 
I created a, what I call a sing bag. So it's just this little pouch and, and you, and, and two sides are in it and it has everything I would need last minute. Mm. Picks, cough drops, nail files. Sometimes I realize that my nails are too long on my fretting hand. It really makes it sound not right. Mm. Um, you know, so a nail file, um, a little like, uh, matte like vaporizer type thing mm -hmm. uh tool a neck roll you know those things you roll massage on your face they're really good on your neck so i can busy myself with all those things mm -hmm. also try to take um deep breaths so i try to completely empty my lungs and then fill them back up and expand them in doing that and that helps um i'm allowed I, I do a shot usually or i have a shot of whiskey um before I go on and sometimes I have a hot toddy on stage depending as they really do really do help um you just have to be mindful mm -hmm. of, of what you're doing mm -hmm. all the time and stay engaged you know but um yeah it's it's a uh, it's always a moment I still I, I'm still learning you know I'm still fi figuring it out but that's some of the things that are happening right now mm -hmm. sing bag and breathing and um Shot of Jim Bean. I mean, let me tell you, that is like, like the girl, like the musician's girl Boy Scout kit, where it's like you are prepared for anything and everything. And honestly, it helps remove some of the anxiety. If you're like, no, you know, I'm not even worried about whatever shit may come. I've got all of my stuff to prepare me to what may happen. Yeah. Or it's like, what if stuff like if you had to eat? like closer to the show than you wanted to because your window to eat you know tend to be at this kind of inconvenient time for the show but so you did it but so i have like gas x because it'll make you burp mm -hmm. and you cannot sing when you have to burp it is so difficult and so and that's all like i can't drink beer at all i don't know how people drink beer mm -hmm. and sing i could i couldn't ever do that but uh, yeah it's like every little thing q-tips Kleenex. Um, yeah, I, I put a lot of thought into it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's pretty it's it's pretty rocking. I made one for my boyfriend too. So he's got I was like, this is your sing bag. So right before you go on, just sit down with this bag and mm -hmm. it'll have a bunch of stuff in it you need. There you go. See, now you can just start. I mean, that sounds like a perfect like stocking stuffer for all your musician friends and be like, here's here's your bag. You That's know? a good idea. I should do that. Yeah. I think that would be super okay. cute. And you can like tailor it to whomever your friend is. So like, um, you know, let, we're just going to say, so Sturgill Simpson, if we're going to give him one, you know, it'll be tailored to him. And then if we're going to give Casey Musgraves one, I'm just like literally throwing out names. I, what I'm going to do is make women for sheriff little pouches and I'll give them women for sheriff. Hey, cause we're always working on our branding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, oh, I just did. To speak to that, I just did jackets for my band. So I collect, I started collecting patches, mm -hmm. like new patches, but also older patches I would find on the internet, vintage patches that related to my life. And I got them all over. Sabelle, Elena, the costume designer, she put them all over this denim jacket. And then Wrangler gave us a bunch of jackets for the guys, um, for Gravy, my band. So I started I interviewed each of them and then I started collecting patches over the period of about a year and a half that sort of tell their story. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so they just got them. And then Sabelle put gravy is the name of the band. It's, she put gravy on the back of the jackets in like an ombre velvet. Um, and they're so cool. They're so proud. And oh, my gosh. I walked in Nordstrom's and there was a jacket like that hanging there. They wanted $2,000 for, and the patches were dumb as hell. and didn't mean anything to anybody. Um, so I just thought, and I was like, no, I'm going to custom patches for everybody and, and do patches on their jackets. So that was fun. Oh my God. That is thoughtful as shit. Like that it was just fun. I just like to do, I like these cool patches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and it's funny that you said that because I was actually traveling. I was out uh, in Santa Fe last month and it's, I found like this just simple, like army green jacket. Um, And they were selling it, I think for like $300. And then it was additional $50 per patch. And I was like, (laughs) they have lost their full mind. You call me, we'll go up to Goodwill. We'll get you something to put some patches on and get on eBay. There you go. Patches for $3.99 that, that, you know, are Cool and great. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sometimes the, like, I have paid up to $20 for a patch if it was a really special patch. Yeah. Like my boyfriend's Dale Earnhardt patch. That mm-hmm. was a special patch. He yeah. got a patch, Dale Earnhardt. Oh, my gosh. Well, and. I so- knew what they had. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, if it's 20 bucks and that's the most expensive thing, I think we're still doing okay. You know? I'm still way in <laughs> under budget. Yeah. Um, so. I know we're talking about the Women for Sheriff line. Um, So Elizabeth Cook merch, when is Mm -hmm. that coming? Soon. Uh, We we switched, well, because the back end providers switched and we just got new t-shirts that we started selling live, but we haven't got them up on the site yet. And they're waiting on me to tell them some other things that I would like to get. Um, for the merch store. And once I do that, maybe even after this uh, call, (laughs) um, I will do another task on my list of tasks, which uh, they're all there for a documentary film. There's one for my fishing show. There's work to do for, um, for everything, but that's one of the things. So soon, I hope we'd love to have it up by the holidays, but I'm not sure if, if we will. Yeah. They're about to reissue balls. Um, 15 Years of Balls, mm-hmm. my album I put out in 2007, my album that officially shown that I had defected from Music Row mm-hmm. in Nashville, and um, that was coming out on vinyl next year. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, uh, that's awesome. I'm stoked. I'm so, I sound like such a bait. Like, I don't even know that girl anymore, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I dig her. You know, I was at a certain place and time in my life. I've been through a certain set of experiences, and um sounded a certain way and had certain these resources and that's what we came up with and um it's it's afforded me to be able to keep going so we're gonna celebrate it hell yeah well and it's it's so great to be able to have that perspective to look back and like I always feel like people like individuals like you live so many different lives because if you look back I mean my 2010 self to now you know, I'm like, oh my God, I wouldn't even recognize that human, but I'm so thankful for all the traits and who she was at that moment, because it's, you know, created the version and the life that I'm living currently. Exactly. And it just gets better to, I think, you know, so far, I know as you age and your body starts to give way um, and can get uncomfortable and kind of a bummer and stuff, but just having some life figured out, 
is really, really helpful. And it just takes time to do that. Yeah. You know, so my, you know, 30s, 40s, my 40s have been better than my 30s. My 30s were better than my 20s. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's only going to get better. I have no idea what my 50s will be. <laughs> Look out. I, I, I have a sense I may come into my prime. so how can people find you how can people follow you and support you online what are all of your handles how do we find you yeah i mostly hang out on instagram directly i have a a big old facebook page um that's my music page i have a twitter handle that is you know there and quick and convenient um, I'm on Instagram a good bit. I like to post stories about, you know, just around the house and the dog and what we had for dinner and all the normal stuff, but, um, and stories from the road. So I, I enjoy that platform. So I'm at Elizabeth Cook for Sheriff on Instagram, um, or just Elizabeth Cook on Facebook or, uh, Twitter. And then I have the website and it's always got my tour schedule up and, um, Yeah. Perfect. Well, and again, you will be in Charleston Saturday, November 13th at the Holy Smokes Barbecue Festival. There are still tickets available. So everyone get your fucking tickets. Like, let's have a good day. Let's drink some whiskey. Let's eat some meat and some dope ass music, you know? Are there just a certain number of tickets they can sell? So I don't know the answer to that. I know that um, the VIP is no longer available, which is a good sign. And then general admission, because the bend is a very massive area. That's what I was wondering how big the area was. Well, that's cool. At least everybody can sort of spread out, too, if Mm -hmm. if you're feeling weird about being in a crowd. But I bet it's going to be a party. A lot of people are going to walk up to it. And I'm playing for the GA. I mean, the VIPs, they'll be there and they they might get the up close. But I'm playing for general admission. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, you have a gorgeous view. It's like right on the water, too. So I think, you know, as like, well, the sun kind of goes down now, I think at like 8-ish or so. Um, and then this is 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. But that's going to be prime time, gorgeous sun, right on the water. I, mean, I got to get Sabelle to make me a special costume for that yeah. festival. Yeah. It'd be like a giant barbecue rib. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's definitely. Well, it will be something. Yeah. And gravy will be sauced. Oh, my God. <laughs> will they be wearing their jackets? Do you know? I don't know. I don't tell them what, you know, when to wear them, and, but they, they do. My drummer wears his, his is a vest. He has to take the doors off all his shirts. Um, so his, he's always wearing, he's been wearing that vest since I gave it to him. Um, but they all have shirts that sort of coordinate with my thing. So they'll, they'll be wearing theirs. I just dropped off 12 shirts at the cleaners, 12 Western shirts. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. They see me coming after every tour, but, um, but yeah, that's that's fun for them too because then they don't have to think about it either. It's like, what color are we in tonight? Yep, exactly. And just show up and be there to just play and be there yeah. for the music. So that's really all that matters. Yeah, I'm so I'm excited for this event and thank you for talking to me and um and yeah, I'm just I'm really I've been excited about it since it booked and just getting more so as it gets closer. Yeah, definitely. So um. Any last parting words, anything on the horizon that we need to know about that we need to be just keeping touch with you on? Wow. I don't, I mean, just follow along on Instagram, the fishing show, more tour dates. Um, 
and maybe another cruise. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just Instagram's the Instagram's the light in the way with me. I, I, that's me on there and mm -hmm. uh, keep it pretty real and accessible. Yeah, you know, the radio show on Sirius XM, mm -hmm. that's a thing. So yeah. Yeah, apron strings for everyone. If you can listen to it, it's on Outlaw Country. It's apron strings. Apron strings, channel 60. Yeah, we're on there every day, Monday through Friday. Well, perfect. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I can't thank you enough. This is a real big treat. I mean, I one of your shows, Seeing You Live, has been on my bucket list for years. And so I am just beyond mm -hmm. giddy with excitement for the show. Thank you. So. Well, the shows have been really, really fun. I mean, people are in it to win it and having a great time. And the band sounds incredible. It's the band that played on the record. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really, uh, yeah, it's really cool. So hopefully we will make it a special day for you too. Hell yeah, of course it will. I mean, you know what? I feel like if it's a day of good music, I mean, you just can't beat it. You know, that's just really the cherry on top. We're, we're on this side of the ground. And we're listening yeah. to some good music. So <laughs> that's right, girl. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. See you soon.